You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome everybody. God damn it, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome everybody. To the first 90s recorded in 2013, which means it's going to be the best episode of 2013. That's not right at all. Don't. Keep listening to us, guys. Scott, what do we talk about? The future. <laughs> uh, we talk about it. exciting stuff like the Montreal snowstorm of last year. Yeah. Last year's Django Unchained. Yeah. Other Dixon movies that didn't come out this year. Yeah. So many dicks. <laughs> all the dicks. Antique cognac pipes. Sophie, what else do we go on to? Um, the Raid Redemption that you were all... Which may or may not be the sequel to The Raid, or it might be The Raid. Kevin and Wood's Blu-ray Special Edition that, that you guys sweet. have a hard on for. Arkham Big. Horror, the board game. Board game, pardon me. Uh, 2012, um, best things of the things that we did talked about on the last one. Uh, we we, we, we on added that. a couple things. We added list. a couple things, and I corrected some stuff. And then we uh, talked about Arcade Fire for some reason. And we love did you, we? Sophie's mom. Yeah, we love you, Sophie's mom. I'm so sorry. We also talked about <laughs> skins, and we talked about Evanescence, the thing that I hate worse than anything else. We talked about Catherine the Game, and we talked about Metal Grammys for so long. So much metal. This is a mostly, sort of. This mostly is Metallica. Sort of. yeah, Guys, this is a metal Metallica. episode. It's about pipes and metal. Pipes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. enjoy the episode, everybody. Yay! Hey everyone, this is the first 90s of the fucking year, sort of. That's Tec- true. Technically you know year. what? The, the, the world did not end. Suck it, Mayans. Yeah, but we knew that already, though. Yeah, I know we knew that, but now, you know, we have proof. Well, like, Yay. everyone knew that. Everyone knew that. Yeah, Scott, no. Scott brought that out. Scott Did was it? like, have an interview with a person who really thought it was about to end. Like, I didn't see anything. Like, usually there would be, like, people stockpiling and shit. Like, I, nobody, nobody did that. That's totally false. Wasn't Reddit covered in fucking articles about people stockpiling in the States, in Russia? Russia especially. I read a huge thing about Russia where they ran out of fucking, like, butter and shit in some parts yeah, of... Yeah, Russia... That, that happens to Russia every month. Yeah, right? it was no. like, that's just wintertime in Russia. Like, no, just no, 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 no. It was, it was like an article about being it being exceptional that they were running out of stuff because people were stockpiling. You know what? I think Montreal got overstockpiling after Ice Storm 98. I don't think we got overstockpiling. So no, we, we just did it reasonably because apparently... Our our electricity can go away for fucking weeks in the middle of the winter. <laughs> My water fucking went away also. That was pretty fun. Are we going to lose butter? Because <laughs> quick. Guys, I got to go. Scott, you have a baby on the way. You got to think of future generations. You have to taste butter. butter. <laughs> Somebody go buy some shares in butter. <laughs> uh, speaking of like just like miniature cataclysmic events, though, that snowstorm, I realized, took almost two weeks to have the snow fully removed and there was like a couple of days that were above zero to help with the melt mm-hmm. the snow the, the christmas week snowstorm you know what i um experienced it in the most wonderful way possible by not being in the city instead being at a chalet and no guaranteed in front when you got back to your house there were still piles of snow all over the streets and stuff oh totally it was terrible yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but that was like days after it was over. Yeah, I know. But that's like it was it's fucking. It's the aftermath that's a fucking. Yeah, nightmare. exactly. The snowstorm itself. You just like you sit there in your house and you're like, oh, this is delightful. And there's the snow, and then it's pretty. Some people had to dig their cars out and drive to work the next day. Mm-hmm. Not like you. It was Christmas. The 27th, that week after Christmas? Yeah. Sarah had it off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so did Chris Herman. A lot of people have Christmas week off. So did Ronan. Yeah, Sarah's, almost, Sarah's only a senior. Yeah. I, I have to take vacation days to have that off. Yeah. 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 I'm saying people, but often people take it, I guess. I worked. So did I. You didn't work on the 27th. It was a Thursday. No, because I never worked during the week. I worked on weekends. So, yeah. So nobody had to work except for Scott. And people who are not us, and therefore we don't care about. <laughs> so, what's going on? I have, I have a lot. Man, to talk so about. much stuff. I saw so, Django. Oh, oh my god, so much things. So yeah, much stuff. So many things. <laughs> Django, come on. You guys Django, see Django? Was he fully unchained? Um, by that I mean. By that, how? do you mean did he hang Dong? And yeah. Yes, he did. Did he hang Major Dong? And apparently, dong. it's like Major Dong. It's, oh yeah, I feel it's, super it's, inadequate. It is actually the most full frontal of full frontals that I ever have seen in any film. Ever. I'm sorry. Who's Wiener? Uh, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. And it's not just it's not just Wiener, okay? Imagine the scene, and I, and I will spoil this for you, though I will not reveal how Jamie Foxx end up, ends up in this particular situation. In the nude. But he is hung from the ceiling by his legs, with his legs spread wide open, and the shot is from the top. Are we certain that this was not a stunt cock? No. I did not... Research it. Nor did I. <laughs> you should have examined other perhaps? incidents, uh, incidences of cock. But I, I think I, I think that this was actually him. It was a. I think I read that in one of the articles about this film. If it is, the bravest of, <laughs> of shots that any man will ever have to do. <laughs> do you see um, brown eye? Um, well, there's fur. If there's nudity in a movie there's, called brown there's eye, there's fur, so it's not it's not going to go quite all the way to. Okay. To was the fur authentic? It, it it looked it it really looked like a naked man hanging upside down, and it like I would not have. What's your point of reference? <laughs> What's the authority John has here? <laughs> here I adjust my mic. The, the only the only thing that I would compare it to in cinema that I have seen would be um, the cock in Boogie Nights, which was definitely a prosthetic yeah. penis. That's the only other time that I can think of a scene that was like full fucking. What about Watchmen? Antichrist. Watch, watch. Andy Christ was a stunt cock. Uh, uh, well, yeah, Andy Christ was definitely a stunt cock. Cause but there was a real cock. It was just wasn't Willem just Defoe's. wasn't Defoe's cock. Yeah. What about Watchmen? That big blue dong was that? Well, it was blue. Who knows what the, what else they did to it? Yeah, the whole his whole body was CG, right? Yeah. We don't necessarily have a reason. Oh, well, it? it was painted. Yeah, it might not have been. He had painted, and then CG, then yeah. he had effects on it, right? No, but I mean the, 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 the paint could have been CG paint. Yeah, yeah. The the dick. What's the dick? He, there's we got to see. Uh, this is it. The podcast where we talk about dicks. Dicks. Schlongs. Schlongs. Um, fucking Jason. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Jason Schwartzman? No, it's not Jason Schwartzman. Jason Bateman? No. The guy from How I Met Jason Your Mother. Jason from Friday the 13th? No, How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. Come on, Jason come on. Long? No. That's Justin That's Long. That's Justin Long. Oh. Failed. You can John. dodge a wrench, you can know. dodge a dodgeball. Anyway, the tall guy. Okay. The tall guy from How I Met Your Mother and the guy who was from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He was Oh, that guy! Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tall, he had like a fucking just standing... Marshall. Standing, yeah, Marshall. From How I Met Your Mother. Uh, we've said this. <laughs> In the Forgetting Sarah Marshall, there's a scene of him just standing there naked for like a long while. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that was no stunt cock. That was just him standing, standing there naked because he thought that it was like... 
it was a pretty serious scene, and he was like, I thought that the, the, like no matter how serious the scene was, it would still be funny if I was just naked in it. Huh. Like just being like, and then she's like, "No, we're breaking up." Like, just put some clothes on, and she's just, he's just sort of like, "I'm too upset to put clothes on." And this conversation's happening like this, and he's just naked. I guess the other obvious one is Vigo Mortensen in, in Eastern the Promises road. and The Road. We talked about this already. <laughs> Vigo loves getting naked. Sure does. Really? So yep. that's weird. Jet, is he making a mental note? No. No. He, no. Man, he's an attractive man. I don't know. Nah, that's all right. But he might be into you because you're from Montreal. Really? Does he have a thing for Montreal ladies? Well, he has a huge thing for the Habs. Does he? He's like a monstrous Habs fan. Underneath his Aragorn shit. Hey! Hey (laughs) (laughs) Almost missed that one. Wang. Yeah, yeah. Like, underneath his, like, Aragorn outfit and stuff, he wore, like, a Habs t-shirt all the time. Like, he's shown up at premieres in Habs jerseys. Yeah, like, he's an. Like an enormous Montreal Canadiens fan. Yes, there is no way awesome. he would have a thing for me. Just because I'm in Montreal, I'm but, the most anti-fucking. But you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't need to tell him. You'd just be like, "I'm Sophie Ricard. That's pretty French, and I'm from Montreal." Eh? Montreal, Vigo. Montreal. Keep calm what, and what, carry on. <laughs> what hockey team is Jason Siegel a fan of? Jason Siegel. I don't know. Where Probably something in California. Jason Siegel's the guy we're thinking of. Okay. The guy who laid pipe in uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. You laid pipe. Not on screen. He did. He banged uh, Mila Kunis. Yes. Didn't see it. Does laying pipe mean hanging dong? Uh. No, hanging dong is just hanging dong. Laying pipe is getting to work. Getting to work. work. I see. I see. That's good. Sophie's learning about sexual innuendos from the world of hip hop. I think I've completely exhausted my knowledge of. Dongs in in, in, in film, in film. Um, and that concludes our review of Jacko Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, so, like, well, I mean, it's not really fair. I'm the only person who's seen it here. John well, gives it one giant dong. <laughs> one. I'm no, supposed I, to see it this weekend. I really do have a lot to say about the film, and I don't know if I should like could say you, a couple things. And you could say in broad terms, maybe. I can. Like, okay, I was really not as impressed as everybody seemed to be about this film. Okay, I was like, I dearly love western films. I love, I love, I fucking, I watch them over and over and over again. And this one was like great, but it was not mind blowing. I felt, I felt that the dialogue was just not as snappy as in other Tarantino films. I thought, um, I, like, I expected more out of. Um, What's his face? Christopher Wentz. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. No, nope, not Jamie Foxx. Leonardo DiCaprio. No. Nope. Christopher Wentz. Christopher Waltz. Christopher Waltz. Yeah. I expected, like, much more, and I really think that he did everything that was asked of him and more with the dialogue and the direction. I think that the script just wasn't there. That hmm. guy is a little bit sexy. Christoph. Weird. Yeah, yeah that's weird a weird thing, thing to say. Not sexy uh, at all. Uh, like, yeah, like no. cool, maybe? Like, Zoom. a little bit intimidating? This is like, the guy with the, the graying hair and the... Beard. The big beard, yeah. Yeah, in in uh, Inglorious Bastards, he was the the Jew killer. Yeah, I haven't seen Inglorious Bastards. Oh man, seen. you really should see just the first scene. The but first I like this actor. I think he's kind of yeah. sexy. Okay. Well, he also sang the 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 Lo 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 song. He sure did, <laughs> showing that he has a sense of humor and yes. is an incredible actor. What see, okay, that, that's actually a good a good thing to like give as a point of reference. That opening scene in Inglorious Bastards, where it is just him and the French milk guy. Oh, yep. where they're hiding under the floorboards. Hi- the, there's the the Jewish family is hiding under the floorboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christoph shows up and he's like, uh, you know, and he, they do the whole thing like that. That scene, you sit down within like a split second, you are like enraptured. It is so tense. 
so fucking visceral and so good. Both actors, like mm. people always talk about Christoph in that scene, but the I just rewatched it with my brother and the, the the French guy whose name I unfortunately don't know. He was incredible in that scene, and there's like there's nothing in Django that pops as much as that scene. How is DiCaprio? Very good, very very good. Very good. I still think I still think it, the script was not there for him. I Crazy. Think. Yeah, which like blew me away because I was expecting the script to be the strongest part of this and the and the like whatever sets or something I don't know what else could have been bad but I think it was really I, I, I hate could, to say it I'm like very disappointed I, I could I could be wrong yeah. but I do recall hearing or reading something that this was the fastest script that he ever wrote yeah like yeah. less time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Meditating because, he, because he like he had like he was working because he worked on fucking Inglourious Bastards for fucking ever yeah and then apparently had like a few notes and then like kicked out Django in terms of probably mm. felt good about it at the time to just like cleanse himself from yeah because yeah. even like I think he wrote Kill Bill during Inglorious Bastards really yeah yeah, yeah. and also Death Proof no, Kill Bill came out way before Inglorious yeah, yeah he, he was working on Inglorious Bastards for like a decade oh shit he worked on the script for Inglorious Bastards for like since 2000 hmm. like it was fucking super long so it's like he had other stuff going on so maybe it was just a like a bad so, something that I I almost, I almost feel bad criticizing this because by most standards of film scripts it was still like a cut above you know, like, it was still way, way, way better than 99% of anything you're going to see yeah. in, a, in a big theater. And, like, and so when I when I say that, like, it didn't grab me as much as I was expecting, I'm comparing that to other Tarantino films that yeah. have had brilliant dialogue. Well, I don't know, man. Like, Kill Bill and Death Proof, I thought, were all very remiss of the really good dialogue. Really? Yeah. Death Proof, I thought, was completely fascinating because of the dialogue. It, like, only because of the only dialogue. Because of the like and but it, but it didn't stand out when you well, compare it to also Reservoir be- Dogs, Pulp Fiction, yeah. Jackie Brown. Like those are like I don't even remember. I don't even remember a thing from Jackie Brown. And you should watch it again. Yeah, so I guess it's been like a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really really good. It, it's yeah. by far the most underrated Tarantino film. It's because like, everybody doesn't like it. Well, yeah, I think it's because like the characters are less slick. Yeah, like it's like they they don't have like there's no like Vega or, or Vic or Vince Vega. There's mm-hmm. no Christoph Wentz. Like there's like. It's like it's missing. I think like a real standout character, but Death Proof dialogue really. Yeah, and also Death Proof was one of the first movies in a very long time where I remember really cheering for the protagonists. The last twenty minutes of that film, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you go, were you, you go get Kurt were Russell." Super drunk at that movie. Yes. <laughs> so you that could have been anything. It could have been anything on the screen. We had all had like a fucking. Half a bottle of vodka apiece, or rum, or whatever. Slushy. <laughs> was that the slushy. one where I punched your girlfriend? Probably. I was pretty fucking hammered. No, 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 that was at the Pirates of the Caribbean one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh my god. That was bad. <laughs> yeah, when we, it was the, du- the, double, the double feature for Grindhouse, where we just fucking finished off, like, I think it was a bottle of vodka and a bottle of rum. Yeah. That was being passed around, like, less than <laughs> five people. It was <laughs> like, great. And they were just, like, going into slush. I just, I remember getting up after Planet Terror and being like, oh... I like my knees were like, like wobbly. <laughs> I was like, that was another movie to watch. <laughs> anyway, uh, I still recommend the film. Like, definitely go see it, and I'm curious to hear what you guys say. Just like, put the expectation bar a little down. I'm sure you'll have fun. The one thing that was really cool, I don't know if you guys have had the same experience with going to see, um, or even just watching later Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, and like, you laugh at some parts of it, and then everybody else is just all like quiet and serious. They're like, oh, this is film, capital F, and you're like. No, this is dumb shit, and people are being funny, and there's funny shit happening here, and people are like, because of the violence and the and the dialogue, they like don't want to laugh. 
I was laughing in the in the theater and like trying not to laugh because I was like the only goddamn person so laughing. It's it's uh, what do you call it? It's ambassador syndrome. Yeah. Right. Like when we went to go see the ambassador, and yeah, you and I cracked we're up. cracking up, and everybody else in the theater is this like, "This is a documentary. This is a documentary. There is not allowed to be funny. Is it a documentary about <laughs> I'm Africa?" Like, but he's being funny. He's wearing ridiculous boots, and he's wearing, he's like the guy from Ca- from uh, Curious George. Yeah, he's playing fucking whale noises for yeah. the pygmies. That that happened to me when I went to see Killing Him Softly. So yeah, yeah very much that. Like that funny was in the film, and people didn't put didn't there, seem to like, respond to it. To think I know. for a second that like there's even funny in. Uh, in what do you call it? Like it's, Kill it's Bill? a different. Well, Kill Bill. There's a quite a bit of totally. Kill Bill. I'm saying even in Glorious Bastards, like there's the scene there where they're, um, they're playing like. Okay, no, 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 no. The best example is the fucking first scene where he's there. The Jews are under the fucking floorboards. He's talking about murdering them, and he pulls out the big Elmer Fudd pipe in the yeah, middle yeah, of yeah. that scene, and it's like totally fucking out of place. This this murderous monster yeah, has yeah, a gigantic yeah. Elmer Fudd like <laughs> pipe. <laughs> this is what Inglourious Bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. We're only referring to the first scene, so we're not really spoiling any for nothing, you. Nothing. And it's pre-packed. He pulls it out of his fucking trench coat, and, the, and then he just lights it up. You know. Do you know speaking of pipes, do you know what I saw? And laying them. Yay. Laying pipe. Yeah. If it's dicks, I really don't. Want to know, <laughs> it's not a dick thing. Have you seen a cognac pipe? Hmm? <laughs> it's a special thing designed for cognac, and we're supposed to because you're supposedly, I think, supposed to sort of like sip cognac like through a pipe and it's a special glass that is a pipe that you're supposed to sip cognac and I was like I was like I regret not liking cognac for I don't have the ability to walk around with a glass pipe filled with my beverage at a party to be like this sounds like the dumbest thing that has been sold like the most expensive dumb thing that has been I, sold I to rich people cheap, but it's like but it's like from it's not really Alamo it's like from olden times that you would have it through a cognac pipe you learn this on your smartphone <laughs> Someone I don't I don't get it. Are you kidding me? No. Is this a joke? No. Look it up. We're trolling John. Troll <laughs> No, it's real. That's funny because no one else will understand it. <laughs> Google cognac pipe. It's a fucking thing. I'm gonna do that when I get home. Yeah. And if I don't find anything, I'm gonna be very you're gonna find Trolled. a picture pretty, pretty You're gonna find a picture of three old men having sex with each other. <laughs> it's the new cognacpipe.com. Cognacpipe.com. I'm, I'm, I'm googling that now. Sorry. But cognacpipe. Yeah. Lemon party. Okay. I need to. Um, okay. Anyway, that's all I have to say about Django. I don't want to say anything else because I want you guys to see it. And I want to talk yeah, about yeah, it later. Yeah. Really want to spoil it for all the yep. listeners or yep. whatever. There are dozens and dozens of listeners. Yeah. There are dozens of dozens us. of them. Uh, movie Scott, you saw. What did I, I saw The Raid Redemption recently, which is by What's the that? same film company that did um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Motherfucker, it exists. It fucking exists. It looks so ridiculous. It looks like a bubble. Yeah, but don't you like want to have cognac now and drink it from that thing? I really don't. Pass it to John. <laughs> All right. Pretty sure I'm just going to go get more Pabst. <laughs> and drink it through a cognac pipe. If I could. Here, John. Like, just look at it as a... This should be the fucking icon for this podcast. Listeners, this at, listeners at home, you should be Googling cognac That pipe. really is a goddamn cognac pipe. It really is. Look it at looks, that. It's a cognac glass with a pipey opinion. This is goofy as shit. Yeah, but don't you want it? <laughs> yes. No, yes, I do. Oh, my God. Maybe it's a guy thing. Keith, who's the next person to get married? Because we gotta, we got to get them a bunch of fucking cognac pipes. Pipe, pipe well, and, Andrew McLean that I know of. Yeah. I can get him some cognac pipes. Is this the worst present? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Cognac pipes! <laughs> <laughs> no, how 
house is complete without cognac pipes. We got some off your registry. We didn't register for this. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure you didn't register for cognac pipes? A weird out-of-date method of drinking cognac. Yeah, and apparently it helps, like, aerate or something. It's probably complete utter nonsense. Yeah. But it's just a fancy fucking pipe class. To Sorry for of. interjecting. Sorry. No, no. I want to drink my coffee out of it. Oh. Yeah. Every morning. Raid Redemption. Yep. No kidding. The Raid. No. Colon. Redemption. Oh, wait. Is that the one where it's like a fucking giant tower full of people and you fucking kill everybody? No, that's the raid. Oh. Yeah, that's totally it. Is it the game where you play a vampire and you wake up after dying and come back? What? The video game Redemption. Oh. No. Red Dead Redemption. Nope, that's that's where you play a cowboy. I'm talking about where you play a vampire. Oh. And you you like die and come back in modern times and everybody makes fun of you. There are cowboys in Django Unchained. That's we see their dicks. Nope. (laughs) Nope, unless you consider Django a cowboy. A cowboy. Does so, he ride a horse? The raid. Yes. Does he wear a cowboy hat? Yes. Does he have a six shooter? He... Maybe. Does he have a gun and a belt? Does he wear chaps? For goddamn sake, guys, he's not a cowboy. He's, cowboy. he's a bounty hunter. Oh, uh, That's the definition that's of the... a cowboy. What? No. See you no, later, space not. cowboy. The reason that Spike Spiegel is considered to be a cowboy. Okay, I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Let me interrupt you. You're basing your definition of the word cowboy on a fucking Japanese animated film. On a science fiction. Science fiction. Set in a cowboy setting. Are you serious, Keith? Oh my god, though, but like a cowboy, like, bounty hunters were cowboys also. Like, I didn't just put them out. Like, a cowboy is another term for bounty hunter. I swear to God, guys. I want us to end it here and have him finish his description. Right, guys, <laughs> at home, Google cognac pipes, <laughs> and if cowboy is a euphemism for bounty hunter. Make sure to post your findings on our website in the comments section of this podcast or on our Facebook page. Leave out the Whoa. gay porn links, please. No, don't. I'm over it. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's, is it the sequel to The Raid? Or is it just a remake of The Raid? I don't know. <laughs> it's a big tower, and they have to fight all the way up and kill everybody on every floor. Pretty Sweet much. Jesus. So it's the raid. It is. It's the raid. <laughs> I think the movie is called the Raid Redemption. Now I think the but movie. Maybe it's like the Raid Part Two. Maybe. Oh, it's just some cops. They go into a building. But that's the raid. full of criminals. Maybe the Asian one is called the Raid, and then they made an American one called the Raid Redemption. Oh no! This one was fully subtitled. Okay. Hmm. Well, it's yeah. poorly. I don't know but about the a- Redemption. Amazing fights, though. Right? Like, cool, very, very like, cool fights. Like if, if it's the raid, or if it's at all like the raid, it's just like, correct me if I'm wrong, that's like two all hours it's got of going. amazing fighting. <laughs> like, that's all it's got going for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cops fighting criminals with kung fu. Yeah. Lots of stabbing. There's one scene where a guy stabs another guy right in the side of the kneecap, oh. and yeah. then twists to pop the kneecap <gasps> off. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I was like, whew. I'm awake now. I could watch that scene every morning and I wouldn't need coffee. That's horrible. It's a good time. Yeah. I haven't watched a lot of movies. Really? Yeah. I mean, other than... You watched the Blu-ray release of Cabin, Cabin in, in the, the Woods, Woods, which I totally watched last night and so I was good. just as pumped by it. Did you see, like, on the, on the rewatch, though, you're like, there's shit like the first scene, you're like, yeah! They like, put stuff everywhere in that movie yeah, yeah, for you yeah. to notice. It was a labor of love. Um, even even just how watching knowing what happens to the characters we yep. talk about Cabin in the Woods listeners once again it's yeah. like the fifth time really uh, <laughs> doesn't matter yep now now we're talking about rewatching Cabin <laughs> in the Woods it's different even just to see how they act mm-hmm. like knowing how they end up how they act before they get to the cabin yep like the fact that Thor is like 
pseudo intellectual and all that. Chris stuff. Hemsworth. Yep. And and that the, the black guy's a bigger athlete. Yep. Like it's uh, it, they that guy from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Is that where he's from? Yep. Anyway, but it's just uh, just seeing how they like actually were, mm-hmm. and then like seeing what they become, and like because you don't really realize that they're gonna change. So much the first time, and that was part of the setup. Was that no, they're, no, no. they're like yeah. not they're not their stereotypes. Yeah. They get kind of forced into it by the setup that they're placed yeah, into, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's part of why it fails. Yeah, God, it was so good, so fun. Ugh, what Which a great film! Is a as we discussed. Yeah, this is a, this is a fucking segue. People get fucking ready. Hold on to your chair on the bus. A Lovecraftian ending. Yes, where an elder god awakens. You realize I used that term the first time we talked. Yes, about I know, it. but this is a segue into what the fuck game have we been obsessed? Oh about. yes, we have. Fucking Ar- segue. Segue. Arkham Horror. Yeah. The board game. We have not had as much fun with a board game, I think, in fucking a decade. Yeah, and and like a desire to play it again and, and again and, and again. Get it right. Sophie and I have not played this board game. Thank you for inviting me, guys. Yeah, seriously. As in not. Okay. No, we totally invited Scott. No, 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 no. You guys sat around talking about playing it on a Sunday, yeah. and then played on Thursday, knowing full well I couldn't go on a Sunday, and then yeah. went to play on the Friday right away. Oh, we might have done. And I was like, "So you, you guys, guys are playing tonight?" You're all like, "Yeah." Hold on, you, you work all weekend. So. I, I saw that conversation on email, and yeah, you, I you work all weekend. You guys could have fucking came here. I guess we could have. Uh, okay, maybe we'll do that. That's true. Not this Friday, but. Occupied. But anyway, the, <laughs> it was fight. So maybe we can play this Friday without John. That's Hello. true. Anyway, game is amazing. Tonight, the what do you want to say about it? I want to say three things. Okay. The first thing is that I really don't think I've ever played a game, a board game, that where you in no way, shape, or form have any benefit to be competitive with other players. That would be the first thing, and that is the first thing I have said to every person I've talked to about this yeah. game. It is 100% cooperative. There is, like, you only stand to lose by fucking over people, and you that will... That is the whole, awesome. All of the players will probably lose if for a split second they're not working together as like, best to their abilities. Like I have... That's I, great. I hate competitive games. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have money, and I'm about to go jump into uh, a gate, which is going to take me out for three turns. There is almost, other than maybe keeping... Like two dollars, which is uh, to pay your health fees if I go insane or whatever. There is no reason that I'm not just like, here, Sophie character, you're going to be staying in the city and not another world. Take my seven dollars. Just take all my fucking money. Yep. Take my fucking gun that I'm not using. Like, you're, like, do you want anything in return? Like, well, maybe if you have a spell or some shit that I could use. And then, but... and then she's like, oh hey, I can give you this spell, and you're like, oh, but you might need that. I won't take it because yeah. you're probably going to need it more than me. Like. It's like, cr- I've never seen people sitting at a table debating those things and f- fully knowing that if we don't do that kind of optimization of handing stuff back and forth, we're probably going to get eaten by an elder god. <laughs> like, that's the most likely outcome when you play this game. Super good. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I will say is that I feel that um, the instructions could be clearer. Yeah, it needed a big fact at the end, answering questions. The, the, the fact was really, really helpful, the one yeah. that we finally found. But even, even just the index... The index was almost useless. Like, yeah. the index at the back of the book. Like, it was really helpful, I think, on the first game that I had the digital one and the PDF, so I could control F, like, clue tokens. Yeah. And then, like, skip through and just, like, read all that. So... Maybe we, we need to explain very quickly what this game is actually about. So, we're um, people Tentacle living phase. in 1910 Arkham, a town in the... Um, why? Why would I you just, adjust that by five years? Who gives well, two shits? Uh, Austria? Austria. I think it's pre World War One. Anyway, that's definitely post World War One. 
It's all very. But then it's good. also not. I would like to hear John say the story. So still, this sleepy little town in New England called Arkham, which is the seat of all of H.P. Lovecraft's horror film stories. Um, most of. Most of. There is an elder god which threatens to awaken and crush and devour the human race, and there are only several people in the town who are aware enough to try and do anything about it. And is it Cthulhu? Sometimes it it's Cthulhu. Cthulhu. That's sometimes? a cool thing. When you start the game, you you have a deck of like ten elder gods, like Cthulhu, Hastur, Nyarl Hotep, Azathoth, um, Ig, Yug yeah. uh, Anyway, there's a whole stack of them, and each one, you, you draw one at the start of the game, and then he's the guy who you're going to fight against in that game. That's cool. And each one of them changes in a big way how the game is going to play out, and they all have special cultists who are worshipping them, who are also, like, more or less powerful, depending on which elder god they're, they're swarming after. Um, Very fucking cool. It's so cool, and all the characters that you play, each one, I found, is, like, overpowered in its own tiny little way. There, there's, I was actually there's some that are less good than others, but each yeah. of them has their niche. And yeah. So, like, you get your ca- you randomly draw the character that you're going to play, and then you're like, okay, this game, I'm going to play the spell guy. I'm going to run around and get a bunch of spells, and I'm going to back everybody up. Or you're like, okay, this guy is the one who's an expert at, at, like, buying items. So my job is to run around town, beat shit up, and buy items, and then hand those items to the other players so they can go and do things with them. And, like, y- like you think that doesn't sound fun, but when, like, every turn is a do-or-die, i got to do something useful with myself. Yeah. And everybody's depending on those items to be able to perform their roles. Like, it's yeah. uh, it's really a different different right, tabletop right, right. experience. Wow. Yeah. In conclusion, I've not read a lot of H.P. Lovecraft since fucking high school. I'm, I'm, I have a book at home on my shelf. I'm reading it tonight. I did another thing, mm-hmm. which is uh, almost all of his stuff is public domain, mm-hmm. so there's all these fucking audiobooks of it, like different recordings and shit. Totally. So I've been listening to a ton of H.P. Lovecraft readings. Wh- what did you listen to? Uh, I've listened to The Tomb, which is why I said specifically 1917. That was okay. the first one, first short story he ever wrote. He wrote it in 1917. Really? So huh. there is like a certain, at least war wrapping up post-war element, which is why I said like, w- to me, like I feel that in the same way that like I think Japanese uh culture changed a lot after Hiroshima. Sure. I feel that American literature had to be impacted by the end of World War One. Okay. So that's why I was like, can't be 1910. So that's why I was like, bitching about five years. Okay. Uh, no, no, it's a valid, valid point. <laughs> so You're going to knock that thing off the table again. I know, I do it all the time. Uh, I listened to The Tomb, okay. which was the first one he wrote, which yep. is very, very proto H.P. Lovecraft. Like, there isn't really like a sense of like a grander scheme of things. It's just like a weird dude who gets obsessed with this tomb, who wants to like who there's an empty sarcophagus who wants to like lie down in it, right. and then he like sleeps there for like almost like every night for like years and stuff. And then he finds out that he has like he basically is like the reincarnation of the guy who should be in the tomb. And then he like Crazy. has visions of the guy and like like it's very like it's not as organized in terms of like there is another evil and this is making it happen. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost weirder than some of his other stuff in the sense of, like, there isn't. There's no explanation whatsoever. I listened to uh, Nyarlathotep. Okay. The, um, I, don't, I don't think I've read that one. Yeah. He, he wasn't even malevolent at the beginning. He was just trying to teach people stuff, and they were just sort of like, bullshit, you're just using tricks to try to, like, trick us into believing you're a magician. And really? he was like, well, then go fuck yourselves. Well, it's not really clear. He's not an elder god? He is, but uh, it seems that at least in, his, in the story titled after him... Mm-hmm. It seems that it's probably a mask, mm-hmm. like it's probably one of his one oh, of his I followers see, see. Yeah, yeah. who's saying that he's Nyarlathotep. But uh, yeah, but he's yeah he's one of the elder gods. He's one of the 
I think. Did you read At the Mountains of Madness? No, I haven't done that. That's, that. To me, that is the one that, like, you, you read the book, or I guess you'll listen to the audio book, and you will, like, instantaneously in your head, there are, like, films, books, yeah, 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 TV yeah. shows, everything that well, just... Well, that's, that's the thing, right? Is like, 100% a ripoff of At the Mountains of Madness. Like, there are X-Files episodes that are, like, it's, it's, it's like the exact same story. Nothing has changed it, from a 19-fucking-17 story written yeah, by yeah, a crazy yeah. guy. No, it's very cool. And, uh, yeah, because Nyarlathotep is a cosmic god or whatever. He's... Because Azathoth is in, like, the center of the universe or whatever, and he's the one that promises only destruction and all that. Yeah. And a lot of the other cosmic gods are sort of, like, enthralled by Azathoth, and Nyarlathotep is, like, of those gods, but not enthralled by Az- by Azathoth. Hmm. Like, so he's kind of, like... He's not nearly as... Like, that's the other thing, too, that I've discovered in my readings. <laughs> There's this other author named Darleth who okay. actually has fleshed out a lot of the Pantheon and stuff more than H.P. Lovecraft ever did, yeah. which a lot of purists are opposed to because H.P. Lovecraft very specifically didn't want any of them to seem to be good or evil. They really? just had a completely different agenda. They were just completely other beings. And they were like, by our standards, evil. Yeah. You know, but but he's like they did he wanted them to be just like completely completely inhuman as possible. Well, Stephen King wrote that like his his big thing in horror was the unknown. Like, yeah. if you have a ten foot bug, you're like, oh my god, ten foot bugs are scary. But then like, whoa, man, at least it's not a thirty foot bug. And and H.P. Lovecraft was like the pioneer about that. Like everything he wrote was like, you cannot understand these beings. They have desires that are completely beyond the understanding of humans, and you cannot fight against them. It's like you don't know, and you are impotent. Yeah. in the face of these things yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. like the source of the horror in his writing yeah. it's really like in, in, in the same way like H.G. Wells and, and fucking um, what's the other one the sci-fi Verne. yeah Jules Verne like the early early sci-fi authors like H.P. Lovecraft is that for modern horror yeah, right. yeah. anyway so time for fact checking yeah. uh, The Tomb was published in 1922 so written, full f- written in 1917 oh, yeah. written well, in 1917 published in 22 so but, came out four years later uh at the Mountains of Madness was written in 31 and published in 36. Mm-hmm. Full, full 20 year gap. But yeah, I, the, I would still say that there are, there's like TV being put out now that is like a direct rip off of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's it. But uh, no, I, and I, the tomb I, was the first one that he started to write, though he did publish other stuff. For example, yeah. for stuff, stuff, the thing. Stuff, yeah, H.P. Lovecraft stuff had been published before the tomb was published, but yeah. the tomb was the first one he actually. So he started writing it in 17, which would be about when the Americans started yeah. the First World War. Well, they started. Didn't they, they end in 19? When they joined. Or yeah, 16, when, they, when they joined. So when they went to war. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not not well, directly influenced by the aftermath of not, the First World War. Not directly, but at least the war was existing, whereas it didn't... In 1910, the war hadn't even started. The war started in 1914. Yes. To me, it's a very different... Like, it's a big... Big decade from mm-hmm. 1910 to 1920 is a significant change in how you, your worldview changes. I don't think a world war was. I don't know. All right, so we this, played the fuck out of this board game. Anyway, super yeah. cool, super fun. Everybody should play. I know we're going to like, if not Friday, sometime <laughs> this weekend. Sophie, yeah. what have you been up to? Uh, not much. Really? Uh, yeah. Really it's been not like much. a month. So, well, the snowstorm kept Sophie inside yeah. forever. No, yes, yes, it was the snow. <laughs> That's what kept me inside. Totally. Uh, no, actually, the the only thing that I have to mention is for our 2012 kind of review thing. My mom yelled at me. <laughs> Why she would she yell at you? She listened to the podcast and uh, she listened. She she listened to all of us talk What's about. Mom's name? Mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Yay. 
Her name Sorry, I was a drunken du- douchebag <laughs> the last time I met you. <laughs> she remembers you forever. Yeah, I know. That's why I apologize. Bag. Yeah. Her name is Mariel Teasdale, and uh, she yelled at me because I said I did not read any books uh, published in 2012. You did say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twice. You but I... Listen to it. I believe it's a minute. I, in fact, <laughs> did. Yeah, I know. Because my mom wrote a book. Ooh. She published it. Did it's you called... read it? Yeah, I did. Was it good? It was fun. It was definitely not our general general genre of geekdom. It's like about life and psychology and self introspective and it's called Undercurrents and I did read it and it was a good read and I'm sorry mom that I didn't mention it. She's tearing up. Uh, No I'm not. (laughs) It was a real emotional mother-daughter moment. And my other uh, correction from my 2012 review is that I did not mention my favorite album of the year as I should have uh, I mentioned Galacticon but I did not mention In This Moment they released Blood over the summer and I think that is a fantastic fucking album In This Moment Blood <laughs> what is that even from <laughs> you keep singing that at me well there's a song called In This Moment which I think is like by some Celine Dion type and they just say Blood afterwards that's it there's no, there's no that's the that's the joke. That's the joke. I, I wrote I wrote this in the I wrote this in the write up a little bit, but I had two well, one glaring omission and one slight omission on All the right. 2012. Glaring omission is that neither you or I mentioned the new season of Mad Men. That's true. And that was I was like holy The best shit. season of Mad Men. The, pretty much yeah. the best season Absolutely. of Mad Men. Absolutely. By far. Yeah. And the other one with musically was Blunderbuss, the Jack White album. That was a good album. It's it, so fucking good. I really? I've been re listening to it a lot lately, like for cleaning the house and stuff. And I've been listening to it since it pretty much came out. I, it's been a long time since like a mainstream, major release album came out. Apparently, Frank Ocean, notwithstanding, if your name is Scott, mm-hmm. uh, where I can just listen to it start to finish. Like, at no point have any desire to skip any of the tracks. Like, just I don't fucking. think I've heard it once. Really, it's really, really, really good. Go I home. really like the White Stripes. So yeah, okay. it's it's a lot better than the White Stripes. I never got into the White Stripes because uh, Meg White's drumming pissed me off. Are you kidding me? <clears throat> We're fucking, it's so good, man. It's, Seven it's, Nation but it, it, Army. But it's fucking... sloppy and rough. It's like good yeah, melody. Yeah, but it sounds and good sloppy and rough. Yeah, but just now take like a real band playing... A real band? Like that from make, above. Make... Yeah. yeah. Not sloppy, not and, rough sloppy and rough at all. Their drums are super tight, though. Like, it's, it's a rough sounding, but it's not like... You can tell, like, Sebastian Granger doesn't miss the timing on the drum kicks, which Meg White does often. If you really listen to it, you're like, wow, you're, you're not keeping time What properly. if I like you, sloppy and rough? Love you, baby. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I also left off an album, too. Uh, Action Bronson's Blue Chips album. Damn, that record was good. So was it better than Frank Ocean? Not gonna lie, Scott. We, after that podcast, listened to the track that you put up on the website. I cannot understand why you like that music. Like, I just can't get it. I cannot get into it. We listened to Pyramids, right? Like, we didn't yeah. even get halfway yeah. through it. No, we were just sort of like... You just described how I feel about everything you guys talk about when it comes to music. But that's okay. You can. We're allowed to have differences of opinion. Yeah. Like, I don't always like when well, you uh, punch me. Well, Keith, um, in defense ah. of my saying that was album of the year, uh, that's Okay. We're allowed to have differences of opinion. But I, just, I, but I never knew that you were really into R&B and shit. Like, it's just, it seems I'm like... not super into R&B, but I do but listen to a lot of hip-hop. And, yeah, well, yeah, it was. It was really good. That's crazy. I just I, just, I would have not ever really it wasn't. It wasn't even very typical R&B. A lot of the stuff that happens in that record is very different. Well, from, I'd hope so. From, like, Usher. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. I was like, <laughs> I hope it's at least, like... David Usher? No. Because his album was crap. <laughs> Wait, he never did he solo after Moist? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey. Oh my God, so much. And Isn't actually, he a Montrealer. Oh yeah, he is. And his his little songs no, album was actually anymore. pretty good. But then he did something this year that was pretty the the incredible. ones he recorded in Montreal were really good. But yeah. then he moved to New York and not so good. Got yeah. New York. Montrealers don't do so well outside of. The he, zone. He's not a Montrealer. He was he was a West from, Coaster. Yeah, he's from somewhere else. He came here and then from Moist yeah. and then left. Yeah. Oh, you know who else did that? Okay. Arcade Fire. You know who did it better? Arcade Fire. <laughs> they have a new album coming out this year. Do they? Talk Man, about no, albums no. of the year yeah. 2013. It better be fucking awesome, because what do you call it was amazing. The last one. Suburbs? Suburbs. It's fantastic. Better than the earlier. Better than, yeah. was it Neon Bible? Yeah. Funeral was good. Neon Bible was meh. Suburbs was amazing. Oh, oh like, it did have standout tracks, though. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't think any, I said meh. Like, yeah. I, I don't, like, and, like, in the same way that you said Django. Yeah. was like, meh, for a Tarantino I didn't movie. say meh. Well, for, well, for a Tarantino That's movie. what I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I would find Neon Bible is meh for an Arcade Fire track. Okay. Album. Like, yeah. I, it's which still puts it Speaking above. of the Arcade Fire, Keith, have you seen this website where you can put in your street address? Oh, God damn it, dude, yes. <laughs> and Are you guys talking about this? This is like seven we, years yeah, old. Yeah, no, we made fun of this on this show earlier in 2012. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was like... Yeah, it'll, it'll it play. fucking wilderness downtown, whatever. And it was I was super late to the party. Mm-hmm. Like I was like six months late, and now we're like a year and a half late. Mm-hmm. Sophie's never done it though. Oh man, we're gonna go after this. It's fun. <laughs> what are you really talking about? There's this there's this website that we've talked about on the podcast like four or five times. times. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Where you can put in it. your your walk to school from a, as a child, and using Google Maps, it'll make a little music video of that walk set to an arcade fire song. Okay. Yeah, it's really it's really something else. It's very very cool. And then you can like you you get to like draw in the middle of it. And I didn't think it was all this later. drawing. The way when I played it, it was just like you put the street that you grew up on. And there was a kid running. And then the character like runs down your street, and like trees grow up on your street and shit. Like it, yeah, but there's a part in the middle where yeah. uh, HTML5 window pops up, yeah. and it's just sort of like it's like draw a message or whatever. And you could draw this thing, and you had like a weird little effect. So no matter what you draw, it didn't look like complete MS Paint garbage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like when you like made a line, like little like kind of branches. Yeah, and then like it puts it up. into the thing. So it puts it into the thing, and it puts it into the video. And additionally, uh, they had the wilderness machine that the Arcade Fire toured with, uh-huh. that was like set up in the lobby or something like that, where you could like put in a dollar or some shit and get someone's wilderness drawing, just print out like a random of yeah. all the drawings from the internet. It would, like, print out... A random one? A random one for someone. So fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes, probably, dicks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dicks. Sounds like every time Everywhere. I Everywhere. Dicks. If, anybody, uh, if anybody's actually wondering what that weird, wheezy sound is, my cat is snoring like mad. Put a mic up to her. Microphone. Mike the cat. Hang on. Mike the cat. <laughs> That's fucking podcast content. Mike the cat. She's sleeping on my lap and snoring. I watched the first two seasons, which are the British seasons, so they're only nine or ten episodes. First two seasons of Skins. Skins? What is that? It's is uh, it porn? Yes. <laughs> is it? No. <laughs> I watched a porn show, first of all. I watched two seasons. I would fucking it. watch it if it's a show about porn and not just a porn you show. You don't know how much porn d- I watch. Anyway, uh, so it's this British show that is about um, these kids in what they call college, but it's still in high school. It's grade 12 and 13. They, I guess in the British system, that's still, um, it's still part of high school, but you take it and you take specific courses within college, 
and you take credits and it becomes your pre-university. So it's basically Sejet. So you're 17 and 18 years old, maybe 19 on some of the extremes. And it's just, these kids do a lot of drugs, they make a lot of fucking consecutive terrible decisions. I hope John's P shows up on the audio. Yeah, that'd be funny. Uh, and it's oh, just really... Man, why didn't he take his microphone off? It's <laughs> He should have brought horrible. the mic in. Yeah, that it, it's just really... I guess the best way to describe it would be the grassy on on a lot of ecstasy. What I would like to know, Keith, is why everything that you watch or read has something to do with being insane or ridiculous drug use. Because I don't do those anymore, so I live vicariously through uh, media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Just like you said. <laughs> I know. Are you Stop fucking playing with the wires. Are they all plugged in? I'm going to leave them down there. Anyways, I was talking about in this moment. In this moment. Blood. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> so, yeah, it was awesome. It is. It's really good. It's heavy metal, and it's a female lead vocalist. And what? She's, she's got some. So, like Evanescence. Types. Okay, fuck Evanescence. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, no, this is a... Uh, it's, it's more metal. It's got some serious harmonics, and she, she growls, she she sings all pretty-like, and she sings heavy metal-ish as well. So it's a blend of a bunch of styles, and they make some really cool songs. They hit hard, and they're... they're I mean, one of the my favorite tracks is called Whore. Oh. That's a good one. So it's like that Canadian band, Kitty. Kitty's Canadian? Mm-hmm. I think I heard one of their songs once, and I was like, meh. Does she oh. rap, or does she have someone else who does the rapping, like Evanescence? There's no fucking rap. Um, Fuck you. Fuck Evanescence. Fuck this. You know what's really into metal these days? Rap. <sighs> Did I ever tell you guys my Evanescence story? <laughs> <laughs> Said John. <laughs> I want to contribute. Okay, so in he this added. moment, blood, good metal. If you want a lead singer who actually growls and doesn't do Evanescence whininess. No, I'm saying she does fucking harmonics. It's, she's very melodic. She has a very strong voice. She's a strong presence the band has been reformed after they they, they 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 kept one of the guys and the lead singer and they reformed the rest of the band and they changed their music style i didn't like their old stuff but now their new stuff is harder and just it, it's just really cool it has a really good impact i like it please tell us your story about ever fucking essence okay so i was working as a like ever so briefly as a salesman or a, sorry as a purchaser for sierra Right. And I had my desk near, like, like I was like a sub-purchaser. My job was to, like, communicate with farms in South America and purchase flowers from them for sale in the um, in the big business, right? Yeah, John was a flower boy. I was a flower whore. So, and then um, I was sitting next to, like, my manager who, he, he was, like, in charge of me and he would, like, oh, show me the ropes and yeah. whatever. And then he fucking bought that stupid-ass album from Evanescence. That was their big popular one. He put it in his fucking CD tray, and I started working, I guess, in August or something. He puts it in, and he plays song one and song two, right? Like, song one is like, I'm going under. And then the other one was, um, what were the two big songs off that album? Yeah, Wake Me Up. Wake Me Up. You can't wake up. You can't wake me up. Yeah, so That's great. Because I'm about to break. No, that's Linkin Park. No, that's Linkin Park. So so the first two songs was those two. (laughs) And he put put song one and song two on repeat. And I started in August. And I guess sometime around January is when he took the disc out. So I was sitting there for fucking eight hours a day listening to like, Wake Me Up, you fat. For for fucking... (laughs) Like, I shit you not, eight hours a day, every day, five days a week for six months. 
That's why it's really hard to take musical recommendations from Sophie. I have never hated anything as what much. What are you talking about? I'm not even talking about music. <laughs> I've never hated anything as much as I have hated Evanescence. I don't, I'm not, what the? F- heavy metal, man. It's just weird a lot of the time. Evanescence is not heavy metal! No, it's shite. <laughs> Didn't they win a Grammy for Best Metal Act? Oh my god, if they did, oh my god. <laughs> Do you know who won a Grammy for Best Metal Act? Limp Bizkit. <laughs> I think so. What is it? Look it up. Fact check. Back check best metal because there's some like fucking awful, awful bands, yeah. terrible things. What do the Grammys know about that anyway? The Grammys don't know anything about anything because the Who have never won a Grammy. Yeah, that's really? ridiculous. The fucking Who have never <laughs> won a Grammy. Yeah, they were popular from 1964 to 1971 when you know the Rolling Stones and the Beatles were putting out their best. Doesn't work. matter. Tommy deserves a Grammy. As an album, I would put Tommy over almost any single album that the Rolling Stones. Well, that's okay. Elton John has. That's because you're not a big, you're not into the Stones that much. Not into the Stones. Yeah, so don't fucking do that. Because older Stones just fucking blow that shit. Did you did you close the lid to the toilet? Tommy, I don't know. Are you kidding me? Because you have to because I have a cat. The cat goes in. Cat will go all the way in the toilet and then sleep there. She's walking out of there licking her lips. Well, maybe she drank my pee water. You bastard! It's a cat. It's dumb as shit. That's what cats do. So I put the lid down. Video games. Hmm. I'm playing Catherine. Mm-hmm. Sliding blocks. Dating Sim. Yeah, that's Together. Great. I'm actually stuck. I'm playing on normal, and I'm stuck. Like, So if you don't know anything about Catherine, the crux, the game mechanic of it, is you need to climb up a tower, and you can slide box. Slide boxes in and out, and try Towers to make, made out of boxes. Towers made boxes. out of boxes. You slide them in and out, and you make steps, and you, you get out. And every night you go into this dreamscape and you need to um, beat either two to three levels. And they always they always add a mechanic too. You never get comfortable. Like, right. and and it's not even saying a mechanic that's going to be around forever. They'll be like, this night, some of the boxes are slippery and you'll fall off. This night, some of them blow up. Some of them blow up. Some of them yep. collapse. Some of them do this. Some of them are bouncy. Like, is it a creepy game? Um, parts of it are weird. It's more unsettling. It's it's. I find that most games that are named after women are... Unsettling? Yeah. Well, this is doubly weird because you're a guy who's in love with and basically thinking about marrying a woman named Catherine with a K, and then this girl named Catherine with a C shows up, and she's basically everything about not committing to Catherine with a K and a girl. Being like... It's like almost like she's like the physical embodiment of your doubts of fucking committing to this woman. So it's like Swan Lake. I guess so. Is that by Evanescence? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is it, like, is it like that movie from Darren Aronofsky? Because that's the only thing I know about Swan Lake. All right, I've got the, the Grammys for Best Metal Performance. Sweet. Yay. Oh, sweet. Uh, I'll start all the way at the beginning, because it only started in 1990. Right. In really? 1990, the winner was... There was no Grammy for Metal before 1990? No. Correct. Fuck you, 80s. Even though the 80s were the what, most popular what, decade from What the fuck, Grammys? Yeah. <laughs> Twisted Sister and Poison and all them are like, what the fuck is going on? This is Not bullshit. that it would have mattered, because in 1990, the winner was Metallica. Okay. In 1991, well, that's, that's the winner was Metallica. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> in 1992... Well, no, in 91, Nirvana was around. They're not metal. That, they're not metal, dude. Grunge. Grunge, but that's still... Yeah, that would have been more punk rock than anything. It would have been an alternative. Yeah, but to retarded people... I don't think Nirvana won a Grammy. Whatever. Metallica won for Stone Cold Crazy. So let's just really... Okay. Yeah, it's a right, pity one. Let's leave that alone. Mm. Uh, 1992, Metallica won. So three years back-to-back winning Beth Metal. What yeah. was number... What, what did they win in three? 93? For the Black Album. Okay. So between one, which was 1990, deserving metal one. Absolutely. 
and the Black Album all in 92, Deserving Metal win, Stone Cold Crazy, their cover of a Queen of a song, Queen song yeah. was what got them best metal performance. Nice. Wow. Nice. 1993, Nine Inch Nails win for Wish because that was their most metal album. But no, also, no, no. But there's, Wish no, there's, there's no industrial category and it's like... They if they do, throw everything they can't. If they put like heavy music, <laughs> Nine Inch Nails deserves a heavy music award. Sure. Yeah. And, and and early Nine Inch Nails does have a bit of like a heavier industrial poppy kind of sound know, to it. Ninety four, Ozzy Osbourne, so my favorite Ozzy song. I don't want to change the world. Hmm. Zach Wild on guitar, bitch and solo. Ninety five, Soundgarden for Spoonman. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Super Unknown was a great album. Ninety six, Nine Inch Nails for Happiness and Slavery live. At Woodstock 95. Interesting. Okay. 97, Rage Against the Machine, Tire Me. Agree. It's heavy. It is, it is. I'm just, like, curious how some of these are selected because, you know, I guess... Very few of these have been metal, though. Yeah, Nine Inch Nails is industrially, I guess, but why is, like, Smashing Pumpkins not in there or... 96. Well, once you open the door for Soundgarden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90... Yeah, that was... 96 is Nine Inch Nails, 97, Rage, 98 is Tool for Anima, which is a great album. Oh, that's a great yeah. album. No question. 99 is Metallica again for Better Than You. Right. Really? 2000? 2000. <laughs> this is my favorite one of them all. Biscuit. You're looking at me. Black Sabbath wins for Iron Man in the year 2000. Wait, what? <laughs> We traveled all the way back. <laughs> so let's set the way back machine to the, late, to the early 70s for this award. So I will take back my criticisms of the Grammys not giving the Who a Grammy. All right. Clearly. Clearly. fucking bonkers. <laughs> they could have won Best Rock Album last year. Wow. <laughs> are, there, are there any funny ones from the last decade? Because uh, it feels like they're random as shit already. 2001, the Deftones win for Elite. 2002, the they Tool wins for Schism. Point. Schism was, was a great album. Yeah. Uh, 2003, Corn oh, wins for Here to Stay. 2004, Metallica wins for Saint Anger. Fuck Saint wow. Anger! Proving that they have nothing to vote on. Yeah. Uh, 2005, again, a great year for 2005. Motorhead wins for Whiplash. <laughs> what? In 2005. Like rolling dice for songs. 2006, Slipknot wins for Before I Forget. 2007. Like after they were relevant. Yep. 2007, Slayer wins for Eyes of the Insane. And in 2008, Slayer wins for Final Six. In 2009, Metallica finally got back to putting out an album. So they won for My Apocalypse. Holy shit, guys. And then 2010, Judas Priest wins for Dissident Aggressor. Let's go back in the Wayback Machine again. And 2011, Iron Maiden wins for El Dorado. Because they realized... They haven't given Iron Maiden a Grammy yet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, Whoa, I'm so bad at chords. Yeah, so that's the uh, the Grammys. Wow. Yeah. Not knowing what to do with heavy metal. Seriously. It's kind of it's kind of like a train wreck. It's like Just whatever. So many mistakes, and I'm Metallica, <laughs> Metallica, Metallica. Oh fuck. Motorhead? Judas Priest. <laughs> Motorhead needs a Grammy. Uh. Yeah, um, Megadeth's been nominated nine times without a win. That's the most. They were always up against Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dave. Funny. Well, Poor but, Dave. Double funny. Uh, so yeah, Captain the Game. A lot yeah. of fun. And actually <laughs> stuck. Like You're stuck? 
stuck. I, I, I can, I have made progress in the fact that I can make a stairwell that goes higher than the ones I could initially when I got to the level, but I still cannot get high enough to actually progress to where I need to progress. You're not going to have a good time with Dark Souls. No. Getting I, stuck. But it's, but it's stuck in a puzzle way. Yeah. Right? It's just like, I can almost be looking at all the pieces put together and just like fucking move them around. And there's always the, there's always a ticking clock in Catherine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just sort of like, every couple seconds, the level on the bottom falls. So you're just sitting there, like, staring at this thing, and then you die. You know? <laughs> and it's like, I, and <clears throat> oftentimes when you start moving bricks, your uh, shit falls down, and you're doing, like, irreparable damage to the back end of the level. So it's like, you might make one false move, and, like, I think you get maybe five or six undoes per level or whatever. Yeah. So you can kind of undo to put some of the bricks back, like, a couple moves to kind of go, to be fair. But even then, you're like, sometimes you're like, you might do a whole bunch of things, and you're like, oh, fuck, that one that I did, I can't even back up to anymore. Right. Fix. Now I just need to die. Like, half the time I just end up killing myself, because I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't go higher. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure I'll get it. Yeah, 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 of like, course. But I, I've, and this is playing on normal. Like I, I've, I've I'm assuming it's just the time limits that are changed on the harder difficulties. Like they don't actually change the layout of the levels. Apparently they do. Really? They, yeah. They 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 do like um, apparently on hard there's less solutions, whereas like on normal and easy it's just there's more bricks. Yeah. Like it, the the premise of the puzzle is the same on like easy, normal, and hard, but they remove bricks from each of them, and I think impose like a harsher time limit. So you can all, like, when there's less bricks, it's like, okay, there's really only the the one right way up. And there's an, on easy, you could be like, I made a big brick mess and just fucking climb it. You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. So, and I guess normal somewhere in between. But playing on a normal mode game to be fucking, like... Stuck? Stuck. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. And, ah, very cool. And then, and then in your waking hours, you have this weird little dating game scenario where you're sort of deciding what to do with the rest of your life. <laughs> Fascinating. Where you pick. Are you going to go with Catherine or the K or Catherine or the C? Yeah. But one of them represents doubt. Why would you go with that? No, 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 no. Imagine if you're dating somebody and you're like, this person should be asked to so many boys. No, no, no. Okay, you're dating somebody and this person is great in like seven different ways and you're like, this person isn't great in these other ways, but they're still great in all those other ways. And then this other person shows up, and they're perfect in all of the ways that your first, the girl that you're with is not perfect, but also bad in all the ways that the other girl is is perfect. So they're yeah. like mirrors of each other. Yeah. In very different ways. Super you're like, awkward. who do I pick? Your your character Holy shit. gets super awkward. Like it, it it's even tough. Like it, it's I've been trying to play the game role playing as the dude. The dude's a little little more wishy washy than I am. Yeah. Like I, I probably would have told Catherine to see to go fuck herself pretty Wait, bad. is she the second one? Yeah, she's the, the high pitched bubbly whatever. I'm like I've yeah, done that. You totally would have told her. No, so like, does she have small breasts and is five feet tall and has blonde hair? Keith does not like high-pitched, bubbly girls. He tells them the fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but no, but it's just a little like in in the realm of like if I've like I've been with Sarah for five years and this guy's been with Catherine with a K for five years and right. he's like he's way more torn up about being like I don't know if I want to really commit to her. So I'm like, okay, I need to pretend that I'm not as committed to Catherine with a K as I would be to Sarah. Just to make the game more interesting. Just to make the game more yeah, interesting yeah. and to play it down. And even then, and even kind of playing it down, there's these weird little, like, decision points where there's a little bar back and forth where it's like blue is Catherine with a K, red is Catherine with a C. And depending on how you're floating around at that point, you either make, like, the pro-Catherine with a K decision or the pro-Catherine with a C decision. Hmm. And even playing it kind of down the middle, 
which is like how I just sort of ended up doing. Most of the time, I think maybe one out of about 10 or 12 of these moments, Catherine with a K had the dominance. So I'm going to replay it and just go like, to, hard, like hard the other way, hard just to see the, what happens. Hard into the bimbo. Yeah. You know what? I have a hard. I, I'm, I have to say, I, I don't know if I should be concerned a little bit about Keith, but every time he talks about a video game that he's really into, he has this way of paralleling it to his life and compares it in his whole introspective way. And just yeah, but this game is actually about that. Yeah. That's fucked. The, this I'm, one's really about like you're literally playing a guy who's dating a girl trying to decide if he's going to date one or two and then there's like random puzzle game thrown in yeah, the middle exactly. of it. Yeah, exactly. So that it makes That's a video the game, game is, in the middle. Yeah. I, have, I have an even worse one is there's a, a friend of mine who shall remain nameless on this podcast. Is his name Keith? No. When he was playing this game last year he was going through almost the game. Yeah, exact like, scenario. In, in his, like he was like there's this one girl who wants like a different level of commitment out of me and there's this other girl that, that like I'm not sure if I want to give the commitment to, and there's this other girl who just wants to like party and have fun, and she's fucking great, and like I don't know what to do. And then uh, every time I fall asleep, I'm like my dreams <laughs> yeah, torture like, me. And then, was, and then he's like, and now I'm playing this Catherine video game, and I'm like, oh fuck, what? <laughs> 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 like, that's the worst. And one of the characters looks like one of the girls in the equation. Amazing. Like just to fucking like throw everything through the roof. I, he had to stop playing. <laughs> it's just like fuck this. So which girl did he go for? Yeah, seriously. Catherine of the K or he Catherine of the C? He went for um, watching anime a lot and then watching The Bachelor. Oh, so he chose to fuck it up. And then he plays a lot of Tiger Woods. Yep. Chose to fuck game. it up. Yep. No girls. He made the decision that a lot of us would make, which is just to retreat into geekdom <laughs> instead of actually dealing with oh, any man. problems. It's like that Rush song, you know, like if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. If you choose not to decide, you... Ladies and gentlemen, Getty Lee, on 9 to 5, for the first time. I was going to say that, yeah. No, that's... So basically, he gave up playing Catherine for no good reason whatsoever. That's true. He gave up playing Catherine and then gave up playing the relationship game in real life. Well, that's the hour, guys. All right. Yay! Thanks for listening, everybody. We're gonna. I'm gonna pass it to someone, so maybe there'll be a new theme song at the beginning of this. Oh, I really hope so. I'm gonna bug them because we have a week. Yep. And it's gonna be like, yo. Then we're gonna get together. It'll be playing over if our voices right if it's now. It's not. We'll just be us singing the blood song again. No. <laughs> That's the new theme song. No. Tune in next week where the new theme song of Nine to Five CC is performed by Evanescence. No. <laughs> Wake me up inside. Wake me up. In- <laughs> Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number nine T O 
5DOTCC, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9TO number 5CC on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb, usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. Alright, thanks. 9to5.cc We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.